Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen, and talking about one of my very favorite topics, books. Yes, books, uh, personal finance and investing books. We've got um, a few to cover each. You've got four and I've got three. Um, it's always a really popular thing on Instagram, isn't it? That when we share photos of books, they're our most engaged posts. Yeah, absolutely. We I shared one last month and it was amazing how many people were sharing it and saving it and liking it. And all I can think of is that people still like books, even though we've got so many ways that people can read and watch and consume things online. There's something so tangible and different about a physical book. And I think it's fantastic about the way it starts conversation. We've seen the Barefoot Investor completely change the game in Australia for uh, having mm. conversations about money and finance because it isn't as scary to read a, a copy of a book that's just lying on the coffee table, to borrow it from the library, to use that even people were gifting the Barefoot Investor for Christmas and birthday presents and um, some other books, like we've talked about the psychology of money a lot on the show. That's another one that's been a fantastic one that I've enjoyed gifting to friends and family for birthdays and Christmas, whether they like it or not, uh, usually on top of something else. But it's just a fantastic one to start that conversation. I think there's something that a book can do that not every other medium can. Mm, it's interesting because... Over the years, definitely my book consumption has gone down. It's maybe just the stage of my journey, but um, podcasts have definitely filled a bigger role in that. Um, it's a totally different type of uh, medium, I guess, uh, yeah. the way we consume that information. But for me, um, podcasts have definitely taken center stage over the last, say, three to five years. But we still have some great books to uh, to share with everyone today. And um, mine are more on the investing side of things. I think in the past, I've been reluctant to share too many technical investing um, type books with the Australian Finance Podcast, just because they are more advanced. But I think we're going to get into some um, interesting books today in that respect. Uh, we're also doing a giveaway, Kate, which is worth mentioning. Yes, uh, we'll share some more details at the end. But if you're a education in any of our free or paid courses, uh, you'll be getting our RASC Education student newsletter in the next few weeks. And that'll mention more details about how to get your hands on a copy of The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And also, if you're a member of our RASC ETF service, which provides model ETF portfolios and research on ETFs and Owen's monthly lives, you also have an opportunity to be in the running to get a copy of The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. So if you're on either of those platforms or you want to sign up, keep your eyes out in the next few weeks. Yeah, we're going to be talking um, you know, about books and we're going to be having um, discussion forums and stuff around those uh, inside the membership. So uh, keep your eye on your email and um, you'll go into the running for some of those free books and we'll post them out to you. Uh, Kate, why don't we get into it? Why don't we go, you go, I go with the books. So what's on your list? My first book I want to mention is one I've just read for the first time this year and it's called Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. And it's a specifically antagonistic title because he wants to grab your attention. Uh, as you get through the book, you realise he doesn't mean... Uh, 
100% die with absolutely zero dollars in your bank account. But the book's probably for people who are a little bit more further on into their finance and investing journey and have built their emergency fund, started investing, have some money. But it really pushes you to rethink how you're using your money throughout your life because there's a lot of things you can do at the beginning in your 20s, 30s and 40s that you can't do necessarily in your 70s, 80s and 90s. I'm thinking about that huge world trip or going on hike or doing adventurous activities. And so it's about thinking more, bucketing the experiences you want to have throughout your life into different, what do I want to do in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and so on. And thinking about how you can use your money to make those memories um, in those buckets. Because as he points out in the book, there's no point getting to 80 and having your $5 million portfolio if you have sacrificed all those experiences and memories along the way, because you can't have all of those memories you want in your 80s. So Mm. it's about building those experiences over time, thinking a bit more carefully about how you use your money and your time um, for those experiences. And also he points out the importance of memory dividends, because you might spend $10,000 in your 30s going on this round the world trip, and that will pay off memory dividends for decades to come because you'll still be talking about that fantastic trip in your 50s and 60s and you'll be reminiscing on it and sharing that with friends and families. I mean, people have probably, if they're in their 20s or 30s, they've probably spoken to friends or family or colleagues in the office who have told them about their amazing Kentucky trip in their (laughs) 20s. And so that's still paying memory dividends decades on. So it's an interesting way to reframe the way we use our money and the way we also give to charity during our lifetime and use our money for friends and family rather than just keeping it all for this big pot at the end at this arbitrary date. I like it. Um, I was first introduced to this book um, by Tash Invests. Um, She was a big fan of it. Uh, And a lot of what you said there resonates, Kate. Like Myself, I don't think I took enough risk in my 20s. Um, You know, I'm 31 now. I don't think I took enough risk in my 20s. I didn't... um, put myself out there. I didn't do things. I didn't expose myself to things uh, early enough in life. And I feel like um, this is an example of that. And we always talk about on the show, like it's a pretty well um, proven fact that experiences do pay uh, interest. And they. that's why most people say buy experiences, not, you know, material items uh, when they talk about, you know, their lessons learned with money. Um, fantastic one. I was actually reminded of um, a presentation that I once saw of Mayoshi Sun, who is the, um, uh, Son, sorry, who is the, um, I think, chairman of SoftBank, which is one of the biggest investment uh, organizations in the world. And he actually had this life plan that he set out. I think he wrote it when he was like in his teens about what he would achieve in each decade of his life. And um, one of those things was to be extremely wealthy, which he's gone on to do. And I always thought to myself, geez, it's really interesting that people sit down and actually do plot out their kind of journey. Like, what can I achieve in my 20s? What can I achieve in my 30s and 40s and so on? Um, That's a great one. I really like that. Um, So for my first book, I might actually give a shout out to our mates, uh, Equity Mates. Here's the book, Get Started Investing. Um, I think they've sold a few thousand copies now, which is fantastic. Uh, The Get Started Investing book does match our course that we've partnered with them on Rask Education for. But um, 
the guys have done, I think, a really good job of just covering all bases. So they talk about, you know, obviously getting off first base with investing, so getting started. Um, but then they talk about things like the circle of competence and how you can use things around you to understand how the economy works, how the market works. And they've got like, they've weaved expert insights from their podcast journey and from the interview journey throughout the book. Um, and there are different things on like compound interest and all of the essentials, ETFs, all of those things that you really want to know to get that rounded knowledge of investing. And, um, you know, if, if you're looking for a book that you can kind of take away on a holiday and sit down and read one book that gives you the overview, I think Get Started Investing is the book that'll do that for you. Yeah, so and it's a perfect one. companion to our free course, Get Started Investing. Um, yep. I think some of the the downside of some personal finance books is they only touch on investing in a couple of pages and they spend a lot of time on everything else, which is yep. important. So it is good to have books like uh, Get Started Investing, which actually focus a lot more on building your first portfolio and taking that first step um, because it can be really scary to do it alone. Yeah, and philosophically, like they kind of align with me and us, I would say. Um, they, you know, they talk about using, you know, diversified funds to build a, a low cost base of exposure to investments. And rather than, you know, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is totally out of date and talks about using tax strategies that probably won't work these days and using leverage and all these types of things. Um, this is a book like of sensible investing. And I think, that will go a long way to helping a lot of people get a head start. So, yeah, kudos to the, the boys on that one. Awesome. Now, my other recommendation is a book that listeners will probably be familiar with now because we interviewed the author, but it's Just Keep Buying by Nick Majuli. Mm -hmm. And Nick really makes the case for why we shouldn't be trading in and out of companies and ETFs and funds. We should be focused on a long-term plan, and he really brings the data to back it up coming from like a data science background, he brings a lot of charts and numbers. So if that's what helps give you confidence to invest for the long time, because some of us need a lot more than just um, the story. We want the data to back it up. So mm -hmm. I'd really recommend if you're a numbers person, Nick's book is a fantastic one as well. And tuning into his episode uh, on the podcast, I'll link that in the show notes. Yeah. So we've interviewed Nick and I've heard him speak many times uh, on various podcasts and it's fantastic to hear him talk because you're right, Katie, does bring kind of a uh, factful numbers-based approach to the conversation. You know, even when we talk to him about, um, I guess, Morgan's book and the psychology of money, um, his comment to me, the way I interpret his comment of the book was, yeah, it's a fantastic book, how those, I guess, stories and ideas are articulated. But um, it's obvious that like he lives his life based on, you know, the fact the facts of the matter and the data, um, which for many people is super important. And uh, it's always refresh refreshing to know that someone like him has found out that dollar cost averaging does work. Um, my next book, which is probably a step up in terms of the difficulty, is actually The Essays of Warren Buffett. And this by, this by a guy called Lawrence Cunningham. And this is basically... If you go onto Amazon or Booktopia or whatever, it says the author is Warren Buffett, even though it's by Lawrence Cunningham. And what actually it is, is it's all of Warren Buffett's essays and letters um, put together in an orderly fashion, uh, covering everything from, you know, the value investing to management teams to way, the way companies run. Uh, it's put all of his letters together in an orderly fashion. And then you can read them kind of just 
chapter by chapter. And uh, so it's written by Warren, effectively, but it's in uh, Lawrence Cunningham's, I guess, interpretation of where they should sit. And so many people talk about this book as if it's like the book for understanding corporations, for understanding how businesses operate and how management teams uh, tick. So that's the essays of Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett by Lawrence Cunningham. Wonderful. Well, I think you mentioned Warren Buffett in nearly 50% of our episodes, Owen. Could be a drinking game, but I digress. <laughs> right. The next book I want to mention is one that I haven't actually quite finished, but it's called 100 Baggers by Christopher Mayer. And it's all about how companies go from zero to hero over a 10, 20, 30 year time frame, And really finding that next afterpay, but really the ones that are really big and stand the test of time. So he interviews so many different people. He reads a lot of research papers, and that's probably why it's taking me so long to finish it is because every couple of pages he mentions, go off and read this particular report. So then I end up following that rabbit hole. So if you're looking for something to maybe expand the way you see companies and the things you look for in your investment criteria, if you're looking at individual companies um, and you're trying to find the next big thing, let's say, but just trying to find a great business, uh, I'd recommend having a look at this book. Um, mm. It's a little bit harder to get a copy of, but I did find some uh, a copy on Amazon, but it's, it's one that'll take you a bit of time to get through, but I think it's going to be worth it. Yeah, so it's 100 Baggers by Chris Mayer. The book actually follows um, another book, which is almost identical in what it was trying to show, which is 100 to 1 in the stock market by Thomas Phelps. And the book is, as it says, it's basically trying to find companies that go from a 1 to a 100. So you make 100 times your money. And these companies are out there. So what makes them tick? That's what they try and get to the bottom of in the book. Um, if you've read the book, The Gorilla Game, uh, this one is similar in like what they're targeting are companies that are extraordinary and kind of what makes them or leads them to outsized performance. And uh, even if you read this book, 100 Baggers, and you come away with like two or three things to look for in companies, I think that would be enough. That would be worth the read because if you are in picking individual companies and you are trying to research businesses, um, you don't need to find many of these in a lifetime. In fact, you might only find one or two of them and it makes up for so many other companies that you didn't do well on. So I really like it. It's probably more for an intermediate reader or someone who's prepared to, uh, like you, Kate, to learn a bit about how companies actually operate, like what is like profit and loss and those types of things. So mm. it's a good one. Yeah, um, definitely things in there I didn't understand at first glance. So that's why having to do a bit more further reading. Um, and if you're put if you're someone who wants to put your own investment checklist, like we've mentioned on our uh, share investing checklist episodes together, I think this book gives you a lot of factors that you can consider adding to your checklist as well. Yeah, cool. I've only got one more book and I think you've got two more. So why don't you go with your next one, then I'll go. Yeah. So this one's a really quick edition, but I interviewed Amantha Imber on the podcast recently, her book called TimeWise. Now, I, we do talk about investing your time and money better. So I think this is a great book, especially if you liked Indistractable by Nia Eyal, uh, because it really gives you a lot of strategies there. Every couple of pages, she breaks down what she just said into actionable strategies in call-out boxes, which I think is really helpful because if you just take one or two of these and give them a go, it could really change the way you manage your time and give you more time for the things you want to do in life or for investing. Depends what you want to do. Mm. But 
I think she gives a lot of really practical strategies and shares insights from all of her guests on her podcast, How I Work. So there's plenty for everyone there. And I've already tried a couple that she mentioned in the podcast episode the other day, and they've been really helpful. Cool. I like it. Time-wise, there's also a great photo of the book on our Instagram, if you're interested. (laughs) Uh, That was taken by Monique and Kate. So um, very, very well done. Um, My last book is actually a step up again from probably all of the investing books we've talked about, which is Investing the Last Liberal Art. Um, So this is the green-covered book. Uh, I've talked about this book on the Australian Investors Podcast, and uh, it's a book that is what you would say is probably like at more the advanced end because what it talks about is I guess the philosophy of uh, the way the world works and why that that might sound quite wishy-washy but basically what happens is the author Robert Hagstrom who is an investor and a, a teacher actually goes through and has these I guess different areas of of knowledge to go through them one by one to try and understand how the financial markets work. So you've, he's got physics, biology, sociology, psychology, uh, philosophy, literature, mathematics, and these are only you know ten or fifteen pages for each chapter. But what he does is he gets the two or three big ideas from that um, from that I guess theme, and then pulls it across to try and understand markets. And the idea behind this is uh, to build on Charlie Munger's, who's the Warren Buffett sidekick. Um, his lattice work of mental models. So what does that mean? It's basically in the book, he goes through these different, he, he believes, Charlie Munger believes that in order to understand the world and be more worldly, you need to understand like the core principles from each discipline. And so for example, physics, you need to know, you know, maybe how gravity works, right? And why it works. Um, and you might need to understand force and the direction of force or, or whatever. And that will help you then understand things in adjacent in uh, adjacent fields, so like chemistry, and that that might help you understand biology, and biology might help you understand sociology, and psychology, and so on and so forth. And you can see how they all intertwine. And this is this book is an attempt to look at investing through multiple different lenses, and it's probably the book that you'd probably want to read maybe two or three years into your journey, not straight away. And I say that because I think when it comes to investing, it's really important to read the right books at the right time. And this book, if you tried to read it too early, you it would go over your head and you would think that you know investing is just a witchcraft and doesn't make any sense. So I would probably read this book. Of all the books that we've mentioned here, I'd read this book last. Um, it's still a book that I would go back to again and again and again to... I guess, get more insights from it. I, Kate, I don't know if you've read it. No, I haven't read that one. Maybe that's uh, after I finally get through 100 Baggers. Maybe that's the next one. Yeah, maybe after 100 Baggers. It's um, it's very different because it's not like practical in its application like 100 Baggers is. Like you can't be like, you could read 100 Baggers and be like, oh, okay, so I've got to find companies with extraordinary management teams that are in growing industries. Done. That's what I'll try and do. But you don't walk away from this and be like, oh, yeah, physics, great. Okay, now I'll go on use that knowledge to invest better like it doesn't yeah. really um doesn't really work that way but it's i'd say it's much more powerful anyway for understanding yeah. how it sounds like it could be a good work. book if you're trying to expand your circle of competence as well yeah yeah i mean one of the things right is that um most people that when we when we talk to on the podcast or when we hear in the news um they talk about you know the financial markets like it's like science so they're they're like oh okay so if 
a price earnings ratio or a stock looks expensive, therefore it's a sell. And they use pure mathematics to try and work that out. But then if you think about it, between us, the maths, and I guess the market is psychology, right? And psychology is a, a result of environment and it's, an, it's a result of biology. So understanding the basics of kind of what makes, what goes into decision-making and how emotion can blur the lines of the, the hard science or mathematics, that's where this book comes in to try and break down some of those things, those complex systems, so you can analyze them a bit more clearly. Um, yeah, a bit more comp complicated, but fantastic book. You've given me a perfect segue into my final recommendation, which is all about psychology and the way we approach investing uh, in our heads. But it's called The Little Book of Behavioral Investing by James Montier. And I listened to this as an audio book, which I thought was actually after I finished it, I was actually like, oh, that's probably a good idea that I did that because he has a lot of different exercises where he will have a different scenario and it's a good idea to pause and then write down what your answer would be and then listen to the rest of it because he shows mm -hmm. how our brains can play tricks on us, how all of those behavioral biases can work against us and how they've done it. He brings up many studies as well and he gives you some of those activities. Uh, so I think it's quite a good one to listen to as an audiobook. It was only just over five hours, which for audiobooks is pretty short. Um, so you could get through it in a couple of long walks or runs. Um, and it really brings you back to all of those ways that we can uh, go wrong when we're investing and how to help yourself overcome them. And he did point out something that was interesting to me was that as an individual investor, you don't have to worry about career risk, business risk, like a fund manager that Owen interviews on the investors podcast might have to, which actually gives you a big advantage over the professionals because you're not having to constantly write reports about how well your portfolio is doing or why you, in fact you're underperforming and that's not a big deal. Um, and you also don't have to outperform specific indexes. You don't have to prove anything to anyone in the short term. So it gives you a big advantage because you can really focus on the long-term horizon and you don't have to um, measure your performance against anyone else. Sure, it's good to have a look at a benchmark to make sure you aren't completely going in the wrong direction, especially if you're an individual share investor. But I sometimes you think as an individual investor, you're really missing out on all sorts of things because you're not a big fund manager. You don't have access to all this inside information. You don't get to spend all day researching companies. But he actually points out that as an individual investor, you have quite a few advantages. And if you can take hold of those and make use of them, um, and he points out some strategies for doing that throughout, like building a diversified low-cost portfolio and investing on a regular basis, uh, you can actually do very well as an individual investor. Mm. It's uh, It sounds like a fascinating book. Is this, when you listen to it on an audiobook, this only took a few hours to get through, didn't it? No, oh, I think it was five hours. But five hours? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, That's not too bad. It's pretty short for an audiobook. Like, I think some of Neil Gaiman's fiction audiobooks are like 30, 40 hours long. So for five hours seems pretty good for an audiobook. Yeah, I mean, that's like a extended podcast, right? Uh, yeah. For a lot of people that are on a long drive, that um, that's done pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. it, there are a lot of audiobooks like this one, though, that where you do want to stop and um, do the activities to get the most from it. I think that's the risk of having an audiobook or even a podcast over a book is you don't often take notes. It's not as easy to take mm. notes and um, jot down ideas because you're typically listening or consuming it while doing something else. Well, you um, can. What I do is I just um, I'll have my notes app open, and you can use the um, text to 
speech to text, like auto dictate yep. um, function, especially, I don't know if that's on Android, but it's definitely on Apple. Um, and it's really effective now. You can just take notes um, and it automatically pauses the book. And then when you finish the note, it starts playing it again. So that's quite good if you're walking. Uh, hopefully you just look out for traffic though. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a pro tip. Okay, so, so that's a great book. That's the little book of behavioral investing by James Montier. Uh, we've got Timewise by Amantha Imber, 100 Baggers by Chris uh, Mayer, Nick Julie's Just Keep Buying. We've got Die With Zero by Bill Perkins. And from me, we had um, Bryce Renahan and um, Brick Lesk um, wrote Get Started Investing. And then we've got Investing the Last Liberal Art by Robert G. Hagstrom. Then we've got Lawrence Cunningham's The Essays of Warren Buffett from me. So, Kate, there's a there's a lot for people to go on there. We've also done many uh, lists like this in the past. Uh, there are plenty of resources on the RASC websites for finding great books as well. Um, if you are interested in investing, I will give a particular shout out. Um, you can search for something called the Investor Bootcamp Miniseries um, by RASC. So the Investor Bootcamp Miniseries in that, um, I did a full series on like, it was a 10 part series on becoming a better investor. And in that I've included all of my favorite books, all of my favorite podcasts, all of my favorite interviews, all in one big Google doc that's free to download. So um, you can get that if you Google that. Um, Kate, people that want to participate in the, the book giveaway, how can they do that? Yep. So um, your first opportunity to get a, your hands on a copy of The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And if you've already got a copy, it's a great one to gift to friends or family. Um, just enroll in one of our free courses on RASC education and you'll get our regular student email, um, which talks about everything, personal finance, behavior, budgeting, investing, all those good things. And we'll send you an email about how you can enter into that giveaway. Um, also, if you're a member of RASC ETFs, uh, Owen will be sending an email uh, because we're just launching a discussion forum. Is that what you're calling it? Yep. Yep. Discussion forum that um, yep. is basically just going to enable the community inside the, the membership website to talk about the ETFs, to talk about investing, to talk about um, portfolio construction or whatever they want to talk about. Um, yep. And I'll be in there contributing as well. So um, yeah, to celebrate that, uh, we're so, doing a bit of a book giveaway. Yeah, keep your eyes on your email if you're a RASC education student or a RASC ETFs member in the next few weeks uh, because we have ordered 10 copies of The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, which we'll be giving away. It's a fantastic book to read or gift. And I guess just following this episode, we've mentioned lots of great books here. We have mentioned a lot of books in other episodes, in the boot camp, um, maybe in a photograph we've posted on Instagram. And I really challenge you to... Go out and borrow one from the library, borrow, borrow one of these books from a friend or family member, maybe even support your local bookstore and just have a read. You don't have to read the whole thing, but sometimes just reading particular chapters at the right time can have a really big impact on your own finance and investing journey and one of your, the journey of your friends and family. So I'd really encourage you to uh, go out this week and get your hands on a copy of any personal finance and investing book. Uh, sometimes they're not great, but you can learn from that as well. Um, and just spend some time in the next couple of weeks having a bit of a flick through, having a read and just maybe learning something new. Yeah, I like it. And if you've, by some weird chance, you've read all of these books, you're just a bookworm, um, why not consider gifting a book to someone that could do with one of these books? You know, we've got one for every level, I guess, of mm. uh, investor or person uh, trying to solve their financial um, 
issues or challenges ahead. So gift a book is a fantastic thing to do too. I know, Kate, um, you're on a bit of a journey with this. So, um, yeah, I think this is a great episode, Kate, and everyone loves a good bit of, you know, list of finance books, list of investing books. So, um, as always, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. No worries. Thanks for listening, everyone. And if you've got any more recommendations, feel free to send them our way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at risk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au.